Waylon, what makes you feel like you're being listened to? Ooh, I love that question. I feel like there's a lot of different things and it depends on who you're talking to, Mm -hmm. but the most important thing is you feel like they are trying to understand. Oh, I love that. Tell me more. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, I feel like every situation is slightly different where nobody's ever going to understand the complete problem or like the situation at hand. But the fact that someone's putting in the effort to really try to understand where you're coming from is probably the most important thing. Whether they're giving advice or not, whether they're just there to support or not, I think it's so important when someone's like genuinely trying to understand like the situation and really showing empathy. Oh, absolutely. I remember watching that video in a gathering when you're the empathy versus sympathy thing. Like I'll link it below, but it's the idea that there's this difference between being empathetic and being sympathetic. I think the sympathy was like, there's someone who's in like in a pit or a hole and sympathy is like, you're at the top of the hole and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. That must suck to be in that hole. Like that's difficult. And they don't like, they're like, okay, sorry. Bye. That sucks. And then empathy is like coming down to that whole being with you. And I always just think of empathy as like, you could only be empathetic if you experience the same thing. And I can think mm. that's completely wrong now, at least in my point of view, like you will never have a completely paralleled experience with someone for better or for worse. But the idea of empathy is to really like think about what that person is going through. How would you feel yourself? Not just like, yeah, that would suck. That would be bad. Not like that would be like, imagine that was going through. How would you feel and really feel that from your own point of view? Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Do you feel like our education system like helps us be more sympathetic or helps us be more empathetic? Definitely sympathetic. And that's unfortunate. I think empathy is so much stronger. And like, I was just talking to you about this before, but like I had two main goals, like from character, from a character point of yeah. view, you want goals or I don't know if goals are the right word, things I wanted to grow upon. One was being a better listener. The second one was empathetic because I felt like I got to a state, particularly in 2019, when I was in this, like, I want to become the best version of myself possible, blah, blah, blah. I want to be perfect. And on that mission or on that quest to be this perfect person of myself, I thought that if I showed any signs of vulnerability, I would be worse. And I shot that being vulnerable was being empathetic in some ways. And hear me out, hear me out. Because Let's say someone's like, oh, I like I had a rough night. I was like up so late. I was like procrastinating for three hours doing whatever. And then it was like blah. And my idea was like, wow, like that's a sign of weakness. I don't want to pretend like I know what that person's talking about because I don't want them to think that like I'm vulnerable or like I'm weak or I'm not as like mm-hmm. perfect that I want to be. So be like, mm, can't relate in my mind. Like I'd be like, oh, like I don't know what that feels like. Oops, my mistake. Even though, of course, I've done the same thing or I forced myself not to do. But like, even if I would, yeah. I would force myself to pretend like I couldn't empathize so that I wouldn't show that I was in the same park of him if that makes sense saying that mm-hmm. that same which is so strong like the same level yeah mm-hmm. which is so wrong because a i felt the same way but b was a way to just put up barriers and that's a whole other session to go into like who wants to be around someone who feels like they cannot relate about the casual things like literally 99 of the in the internet it's just memes about people talking about like the weird annoying things going on in their life and if you were to like step outside that like you're not a person and i think that was one of my biggest my biggest faults that i did i wanted to be able to put myself onto like a level that it was like supreme or some sort of weird complex superiority complex where I felt like the side effect was that I wasn't able to exhibit empathy anymore because I didn't want to connect. I think connection and empathy go hand in hand. What do you think about that? No, hundred percent. I feel like for me, something I struggled with, with empathy specifically mm-hmm. was 
um, like I had this really, like I had, I still kind of have this habit and something that I'm like actively working on is if someone tells me something that bad, like something bad that happened to them or like an experience, I try to like reflect on my own experiences and find something that was like relative or like relatively in the same realm and try to like pick at that and like draw it onto their own experience and like be like oh like I get it because I like have had this experience before and like justifying Uh, my place in that situation yeah which honestly not very helpful like if you're on the receiving end and someone's Mm -hmm. like oh like I broke up with my boyfriend and you're like oh like same but not really like I had a friendship (laughs) breakup and it's like not Uh, the same scenario and you're trying to like draw parallels to like find advice and things but sometimes all you need is someone to listen to you so absolutely Mm -hmm. no that's a big thing of listening like on one hand it could be really nice for someone to share their own experience like don't worry I've gone through this too this happened to me like sometimes that can be the best thing that's ever happened but other times oh my god the last thing you want to hear is someone talk about themselves when you're really in a time of crisis like all you want them to do is listen and the moment they start talking about yourself you're like really you're not listening to me you're really not listening to me. 100%. Well, it feels like there's so many different tips and tricks on how to become a better listener. Yeah. And there seems to always be like a balance. Like you tell Definitely. stories, it could be great, but yeah. like sometimes it's not. Sometimes yeah. you want to be like giving advice and sometimes you don't want to be. Yeah. But then sometimes you just need to listen, but sometimes you can't just listen mm-hmm. and there's like more action. So like, how do you kind of navigate what to do in a scenario? No, that's a really good question because I think you can take a very rhetoric approach and be like, okay, from a rhetoric point of view, what's the best way to listen? How do you want people to understand and people to be engaged with you? Yes, you can speak more eloquently. Yes, you can um, be more narrative in the way that you speak to someone or you can speak in the special rule of threes like you taught us in a couple episodes ago. Yes, of course, that's all there. But at the end of the day, when you're feeling so vulnerable and you can, the last thing you want to talk about is trying to think about how the other person is perceiving you. You need to be the person who's there. I'm thinking from the person about who's the listener now, not the person who's speaking. So from a listener point of view, something that I've received, number one is eye contact. Eye contact is so, so, so huge. Little point for me, I know I can tell when I start to like a guy when I'm not able to give him eye contact for a little bit because I'm like, shit, like that's it. Like I know eye contact is so powerful for me. So definitely eye contact. Um, For me as well, nodding. Like I feel like sometimes even like, mm -hmm, like having things a little bit in between, like saying like, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes like, especially on phone calls or like voice calls, especially if you hear, if you're talking for a while and it's like silent for like a couple minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, you're like, wait, are you still there? Like even having the like, yep. Uh Uh-huh. Like I'm following along, like a nod, especially even like in a class, like if you're ever in class and the professor's like lecturing, just looking at the professor, giving them a nod and being like, yes, like that can mean so much, like keep going. You're doing great. And then I would say the third thing. So the first thing being the eye contact, the second being the, um, the nodding. The third thing I would definitely say is this goes out saying, but like when you're listening to someone fully give them your attention, that means do not be on your phone. Like the idea of someone sharing something so vulnerable about their life. And you're like scrolling on Instagram or texting someone else, I think is such a sign of disrespect. So if you're listening to someone, particularly when they're like sharing something really personal, be there for them. Do not be on your phone. Like that is just a blatant sign, at least in my opinion, that just like, there's something more important going on. And what you're saying is not what I'm listening to. That would be my main three things. What about you? Ooh, 
I think there's a couple on my hand. I think when I think of becoming a better listener, my main thing is like looking to the people around me for mm-hmm. like how to become a better listener. Like I think there's very much a culture of like you should be your own person, whatever. But yeah. when it comes to listening, I feel like the best way to become a better listener is obviously to practice listening, but yeah. also just like look at the people you admire the most or the people that you feel the most comfortable with talking and like take pointers from them. Like when they're listening to you, like what do you like about when like they listen to you? Like, do you like the way they nod? Do you like the way that they are like helpful or just there for you always or give you your full attention? Um, I think I've learned so much from people around me that I think are good listeners. Um, My sister, for example, I know she's always there for me but one of the things she does as a listener is she kind of gives me like the like hard like truths that I need to hear sometimes like I'm very much an optimistic person and she's very much a skeptical person so just hearing that balance has always been super important um I think the other thing for me that's really helped put things into perspective is um being able to realize that you are the main character in your head but when something happens to someone and they're sharing it like in their head it's like the most it's like the biggest thing it's like the most inflated thing in their mind and even though to you it might seem really small like put yourself in their shoes as in like put yourself like if you were in that scenario in your head like something of that scale in your head um like what does that feel like yeah that makes sense no, that makes so much sense. Because, like, think about it. Anytime anyone shares anything in a conversation that's somewhat personal, think about the fact that, like, that's 5% of what they're thinking about. If someone's willing to say, like, I'm going through this or this is difficult now, they're thinking about that 100x times more in their head than that they're sharing that in person. So really take account for that. Just because it doesn't feel like a big deal to you, the reason that they're vocalizing that is because it's something that's going on in their head so much so that it's bubbling over out of their head into their mouth into you. So, okay, that maybe it was a weird visual yeah, to think no, about. I but, love yeah, I that. This idea of like, <laughs> it's we're such personal and secretive people naturally, right? Like we want to like Do you keep think everything so? encapsulated. Or like when it comes to like personal, personal things, yeah. like you're not like out there sharing with the sure. entire world, like your deepest, darkest secrets, right? Which means sure. that like, if it's overspilling, like this idea of like, it's like, it can't even be contained anymore. And like, someone sharing it it must be like a big deal in their life mm. if that makes sense no like, absolutely I think that perspective of like this is really important to the point where like someone sharing it with me even if it's something small I think it's worth noting that like it's almost like a spilling out effect right like yeah and you're like there to try to like catch the pieces for sure I like that catching the pieces as well but in that catching pieces do you think it's a important for you to also try to put back the pieces meaning like being the fixer of the problem like do you always have to be a listener who's someone like okay here's your problem let me tell you how to fix it yeah so I have had quite the journey with (laughs) problem solving um (laughs) often noted as a good thing but growing up kind of in a household where um like we would cry and obviously like express those emotions yes very much the first response was like okay, like crying won't really like help in the long term. Like, how do we solve this problem? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the steps we can take to make this go away? How can we make it better? And although those have merits, 
often in the moment, like someone doesn't often like want to hear those, like, how do we get over this? Like when they're crying or when like it's in that specific um, point in in their like timeline. So I think it's really, it's really hard as someone who wants to be a good listener to be like, okay, like they don't want to hear advice because you see someone sad, like your immediate response is like, you want to help them be not sad. Yeah. Um, like, oh, how can I make you happy? Like, exactly. it's such a wishful wish and like so hopeful, so wholesome, nothing sinister about it. However, it almost feels in the receiving end. It's like, you don't want to see me sad. You want to fix me. I'm broken. And that can feel terrible in the moment. 100%. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I definitely think it's like a learning process to become a better listener. I think one of the things we often talk about and we've talked about on this podcast as well is just asking people what they need in that moment. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's, sometimes people won't even share, but when they do, it's really important to listen about like, okay, they might not want advice now. How can I be the best listener? And it can just come in like the form of like, I'm so sorry, like this is terrible. How can I best support you is the one that I kind of lean towards the most. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because again, we go back to this again and again, like it's not about being the problem solver, the superhero doing this. Like, again, some people just want you to sit and cry. And like another thing to realize too, is like sometimes people want to push their remedies onto you. For example, I have friends when they're like, when I'm upset, I've one friend who all they want to do is kick back and watch a movie. Another friend, all they want to do is go out and get crazy drunk or go to ktv or whatever i have another friend all they want to do is like bury their head in books and for me it honestly is a combination of different things at different points like it's not one stop thing so it can be difficult at times when i see people like pushing their remedy on you although of course it comes from a place where they want to help you and they want to support you it does take some self-awareness to understand that your happiness fix or your way to recovery into what your homeostasis is not to say everyone's homeostasis is happiness is not the same for everyone else and again I think it comes from a place of you want to be to your truest authentic self so sometimes when people like an extrovert would want to be around people most of the time when they feel sad or an introvert kind of want to spend time by themselves so kind of understanding the space and picking up on the little cues that your friends are saying especially when they're in time of crisis they're like yeah I just kind of want to go back to their room that means in their head, they're saying, all I want to do is be around, not anyone else. I just want to be with myself. If someone's saying like, oh, I'm kind of tired. That person is mentally exhausted. They're socially drained. They're emotionally drained. They just want to like, listen to those little, little cues. And at 100%. the end of the day, to be a listener, sometimes all you have to do is just shut up and listen. All I have to do mm-hmm. sometimes is just shut up. <laughs> I think it's also really important when we're on this topic of listening um, to listen to yourself as well. I, I think this week, um, kind of like a context for Tell everyone. Me. Um, so with the like new strain of virus, Princeton's, um, Princeton like released this big news that for any international students who are choosing to fly out of the U.S. to go home for the first time or something like that, um, they may not be guaranteed to come back in the spring and Princeton won't offer like a virtual or a virtual semester for them. So they would have to gap year for um, until spring 2023. So that's the context. And it was really hard because I was really looking forward to going back to Singapore. Um, And during this week, as I was like kind of processing this news um, with my family and all of that, I realized that my mechanisms to deal with bad news have changed over time. Uh, I used to be someone who 
like really just wanted to talk out everything that was happening to me. And like, that was kind of my remedy. Like as long as I could have someone that I could just like, like, just like spill everything and just like talk it out. I would always feel really like good after. Um, What I found this week was I just kind of wanted some alone time. I was talking to Allie about this. Like I really wanted to just be in my room, um, go to sleep early, just take care of myself in that way. Um, And I got really frustrated with myself as well. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I want to just be like at home. There's only three weeks left of the semester. Like I should be, you know, going out with friends and like enjoying my time on campus and like being more grateful for the wonderful life I have here. Um, And I think a big part of listening is like listening to yourself as well and like listening Mm. to changes in habits that are not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think being in tune with yourself will definitely help become, like help you become a better listener as well. Um, and that's just something, I don't know, some, some, something I learned this week. No, I think that's such a lovely point and a lovely way to kind of circle back to it as well. Like we started this conversation off with talking about listening to others, but at the end of the day, if you can't listen to yourself, like, what are you going to do? And like, I've been telling this all week, like, I'm so flipping proud of you of the way you've been able to like, listen to yourself and be intuitive and hear the, the most authentic Waylon Ashley Chong from her heart and soul to her toes and knees and ears, just really <laughs> listening to yourself. Cause like, that's the coolest thing in the world. And when you feel like you have like a disconnect between like your heart and your mind and your body, and you can be as spiritual voodoo as you want. Like you feel like how can you listen to others if you can't listen to yourself? Like it really takes some time. Like, would you say that something that you've learned this week has to do with being someone who can really just connect with others in some way? Or would you say it's a way mm. that you've been connected to yourself? Like, what's something you think you've learned this week that you would have told your person, your, yourself, I guess, from one week ago? Not knowing this news, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I was like so bent on this idea that if I couldn't go home I would like crumble like I was like very much like as soon as my mother like told me a couple weeks ago that there was like a possibility I wasn't going home like I burst out crying I was like this is ridiculous like I want to go home so badly and I thought that if it happened like if I if it happened that I couldn't go home like I would break as a person and like I wouldn't be able to recover. Yeah. What I found this week is that although it's been really, really difficult, um, I'm like really fortunate to be in a place right now where I can bounce back from it. Like, it's not like a easy recovery. Like this week has kind of been a little bit of a shit show, but like knowing that I can like wake up and be okay and like have a good day um, and like pull myself through a day is has been something that I really kind of needed to prove to myself Um, and that like something like this like won't as cliche as it is like it won't break me if that makes sense when I thought like it really would Um, so yeah I don't know it's been an interesting week I think a lot of growth for me and also just being like aware that this is like a temporary state like just because right now like I don't want to be with people all the time 24 7 like that's not who I am always. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really important to realize that like your identity is so fluid and you can be in such different states and that the people who are really your friends understand that you're going to be different at different states and appreciate you no matter what state you're going for. 
um I can talk like one of my best friends here Katie like she knows like this week has been really hard for me and so like whenever I'm like oh like it's an early night and it's like 9 30 p.m she like always facetimes me before I go to sleep and just like checks in on me even if like we haven't seen each other the whole day um and we have like a good laugh for five minutes and then I go to sleep and so it's just like the small things where she like knows that maybe if I'm not like willing or like able to hang out like all the time like we still are there for each other has been really important that's such a beautiful story oh my gosh I hope Katie's listening to this this is so beautiful um (laughs) just real quick I want to jump in can you just give like a 30 second context as to why it was really important to you or why um going to Singapore was such a be all end all for you yeah for sure so a little context I haven't been home to Hong Kong since January Um, And then I haven't been to Singapore, which is like where my mom is from, where my grandparents and cousins are for almost three years now. Um, And to make things a little bit worse is that I'm not sure if I'll go back over the summer because of like internships and things. So really, this was like the last opportunity to go home before like December 2022, which is crazy to think about. Um, So it might just be like another year. I'm hoping that maybe I can like land something back home and like go home for the summer, which I think would be really nice, but um, it's all kind of like up in the air right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And like we talked about this yesterday as well, but for those from my context, I'm kind of in a switch position. I wasn't able to leave China Mm -hmm. for a year and a half because I couldn't leave. And it's a weird thing. And it's kind of full circle how both of us are experiencing one version of our school telling us you cannot leave it's weird. It's really, yeah. really, really weird. hundred percent. And it's weird when everyone else around you can go home too. We were kind of talking about this yesterday and it's like, I don't know. I feel like for some people like a year abroad or like sounds really, really exciting. And it is really exciting, except for the fact that like, if you're physically it's voluntary, or, yeah. Like legally not allowed to go yeah. home, it feels really restricting for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this whole idea of year abroad can be very romanticized in a general sense as well. And again, this year abroad thing is not something that was done in a COVID sense. Right now, we're both bound to it by visa legal restrictions with governments and quarantines mm-hmm. and administration, which is not the most exciting or even free freeing thing as well. In college, you want to yeah. be fluid. You want to hop on a train or hop on a plane and go somewhere. The idea that you can't right now, particularly now when God forbid, if anything were to happen with friends or family back home, like it's not a very settling feeling at all. It's not settling at all to realize that the circumstance do not allow for such a circumstance to be well accustomed to or to be accommodated around. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I feel like something that I've learned from this experience was two things. The first is I never really realized how hard it was for my mom, like not to go home and see her parents. Who tell me about Um, that. Sorry. Was your mom a part rod or what's the story with that? Oh, like we, like we grew up in the Netherlands for like six and a half years and we would go back like every summer basically, Mm. but like she would go like a whole year without seeing her family. Um, And I think when I was little, I never really understood how hard it was for her to like not see family or like not be home and like literally be shipped away from the place that she was like lived in all her life till she got married Um, and then to go like to a completely different continent and like start a new life with like two babies Um, I think like the small snippet of this year where like I haven't been able to go home like 
really made me empathize a lot more with her and like you know seeing her not be able to go home to Singapore has been like at first was like oh like it's fine like we'll go back soon but like now I'm very much like oh like I understand kind of like a little bit of the pain that you're going through and like not being able to go home see your sister see your family um, and then the other thing is a lot of my friends here their parents haven't gone home in years like haven't gone home in five ten years because they started wow. a new life in America I think for a lot of my friends like seeing me kind of struggle really like raw about my struggles about not going home for a year yeah has kind of opened up like oh shit like my parents haven't gone home in like wow. five years or six years and that must be really hard for them um so that's definitely something I've been really cognizant about just how my small very insignificant kind of like experience has shed light on like other people's really long times away from home Waylon, I literally have chills. That's beautiful. <laughs> like, it's really, you elo- yeah. You so eloquently describe such a long-term generational thing of people being away from home. Yeah. And although COVID was the start of people being at home, it was also the start of people not being at home. Like, people think of 100%. COVID as being a thing. We were all stuck at home with our family, stuck at home, like, for many of us, it was the absolute opposite. COVID was the opposite of us being stuck at home. It was the opposite yeah. of us being with our families. So yeah, just a shout out for everyone listening who's actually not been stuck at home during COVID. They've been stuck away. Um, yeah. yeah, it's difficult. It's hard, but you guys are, we're all in this together. We're all in some sort of weird virtual family living this parallel life in one way or another that ultimately is making us strong. And it can be so difficult to miss out on those memories, the good times, the bad times, the holiday season in particular is difficult to not be with your family, Mm -hmm. but my God, the growth and the opportunities and the chances and the, the, the challenges you're overcoming mentally, physically, emotionally right now are like unparalleled. And sometimes you don't yeah. really realize that until you go home. So that's why I'm quite excited to go home next week for the first time in 14 I know, months. I'm so excited for you. Crazy. Oh my goodness. What is the first thing that you're going to do when you go home? Do you have to quarantine? No, right? No, thank the Lord. I do oh not. I do not Look have to quarantine. I know for the first time in forever, but yeah, I'm really excited. So the next kind of all good episode will be done from not Princeton to Shanghai, but instead Princeton to Hong Kong. Which will oh be very my exciting. goodness. I'm so excited. You yeah. have to vlog the experience. I know we kind of failed at Vlogmas, but we're going through it right now. So doing we'll it. do it. We'll do it. I think maybe we'll make it a goal for like next year to become more in the video space. I feel like that'd be really yeah. cool. Content. We've got a lot of goals. We want to figure out what our different is so yeah definitely our first few weeks of january are like what are we doing like there's so many things like logistically and administration we yeah. want to do but yeah waylon and i frankly speaking want to turn the entrepreneurs network into a business and we're trying to figure out the best mode to do that it's not an easy task we've got great advisors we've got a lot of great team members for helping with that but at the end of the day it's like what do we want to come with this so you guys have any thoughts and if any if anyone's even listening right here at this point first of all thank you for listening so much into the podcast second of all i mean this truly and honestly send us a dm send us a direct message on instagram hit us up on email whatever we have all the links below we want to hear just your random thoughts about what we're doing so far where you see this could be going and any any if you resonate with any of the things we're talking about we'd always love to start a conversation um because it really does mean a lot to us every single message we get like even before we start this podcast i got a message from an old friend of mine saying that she listened to our podcast really liked it like every single message gets to us and 
it it makes us feel so happy to just be heard and to know that in some way you enjoyed listening to this and it was a nice cloak of your day that's been my favorite word of the day someone did a guided meditation for me this morning a whole other story but they took they were like talk to you about like find this beach and blah 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 this happy space happy memory they said use this as a cloak throughout the day and I thought that was so beautiful like in times of like happiness like sometimes we use like our airpods as cloaks or we use music as cloaks or like even sweaters to like cloak ourselves in the world sometimes but I thought the idea of having a memory or a um a podcast as a cloak can be really cool so yeah use this as a cloak for today to find your happiness and your safe space for today but yeah I think that's all for for me today Waylon want to finish this off yeah well thank you so much for listening to this episode of kind of all good um kind of a touchy one and one that's really important to both of us I think definitely one for the books well if you like this podcast and you want to check us out um you can follow us on on Instagram or LinkedIn at the Entrepreneurs Network. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, but something that would be really helpful for us is if you go to Apple Podcasts and you rate and review this pod. Um, You can also check out our other shows, which are all available on all streaming platforms. And we're on video as well on YouTube. So definitely subscribe, like, do all of those fun things there. Amazing. Hope you have a kind of all good day. Bye.